Amen. Hope everybody's doing all right tonight. I'm doing great because you all decided to come to church tonight. And I am super, super excited about what God has in store for all of us. If you're visiting, man, we are so glad you're here. You chose the best place to be on Wednesday night is right here in this room. And so uh, welcome. We're glad you're here. A few of us went to um, camp for the past few weeks. We call that uh, beach retreat. Um, if you went as a leader, as a, as a condo leader, will you please just stand up, just stand up, condo leaders. Hey, let me just say this. I just want to tell you, because you stay standing please, Henry. Uh, I, I, I just want to tell you, because I didn't really get a chance to at either retreat, I just want to tell you, um, it's like we're just having this conversation one-on-one with all of you, but thank you so much. The hours, the prayer, the stuff that you gave up for these teenagers to grow more in their walk with God is priceless. And so thank you. You guys can have a seat. Thank you so, so, so much. How many of you guys think you have the best condo leader? Like you said, man, they were the best. I'm just, I'm just curious. Wow. I heard a lot of like high pitch, high school girl screaming over here. I guess that was for Dara Broussard. I'm, I'm not really sure. No, 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 no. There's, it was, or I guess it was Elizabeth Gaddis, I guess. Four people. So, no, it's great. I, I don't know. I don't know what happened there. I have no, maybe it was for Mandy. Maybe Mandy got some. <laughs> Mandy, you can't scream for yourself. <laughs> I also want to uh, give a shout out to another group of people that none of you ever saw but you uh, took part in their services. They were our food team. There's our food team here. Is they here? One, one food team person survived junior high beach retreat. And uh, listen, the food team, y'all, y'all don't even know what they do. They're up late shopping for y'all. You're like, I need four bags of Oreos, packages of Oreos. I need 37 things of generic ramen high school. I, I, I look. I got, look, I got to get this off my chest. I got to get this off my chest. And I know people are watching online, and I'm going to, I shouldn't say this, but I can't help it. You ate generic ramen noodles at high school beach retreat. That's hard times. You pay $900 to eat generic. Y'all need to complain. Don't settle. I'll stop right there. J-High beach retreat. They get the real, the real ramen noodles. Look at that. That kid, this kid didn't even go to Beach Street, but he's so excited. He's just jumping. He's just, he's excited. All right, seriously, though, Beach Street was awesome. Um, we, we are so privileged uh, each and every Wednesday night here at Live to have one of the greatest uh, worship leaders in the country lead us. And Brett Heistead led outstanding at both beach retreats. And so thank you, Brett, and the team that somehow you get those people to play and make you look really cool. Um, we all know that it's my voice he's just singing, he's lip singing my voice. But, well, that's a whole nother deal. But seriously, we're blessed to have Brett every single week right here at Live. Um, and man, it's just so cool to see how God uses Brett and God uses our pastor, Dr. Young, to see lives change. And here's what we can't do. 
And maybe you didn't get to go to beach retreat, but maybe you've had a phenomenal moment with God in the past. Or maybe you never have, and tonight is for you. Look, we've all had these moments where God was just, oh, you're like, I never want this to change. I, I, I want to stay here forever. Well, tonight, I hope, my prayer is that when you walk out of here, all of us, that we don't lose our desire and our passion to grow in our walk with the Lord because it's real life. When sometimes real life happens, for some of us, when you came back from the beach and you got off the bus and maybe you got in your car and you got the phone call, you got a text, or maybe you got home, or maybe you had to start your, your job, or I'm not sure what happened. And then all of a sudden you're like, I just forgot everything. What just happened? Can I please go back to this bubble of Jesus? And Paul teaches us in Philippians the best way to maintain this. I wish that when I was, I mean, I mean, what, what God has showed me through this for me personally has been massive. And so I hope that you can write this down. I hope that you can never forget what Paul in Philippians is about to tell us right here. This seriously could change your life and your walk with the Lord. And so right here in Philippians 3, verse 12, we're reading out of the NIV version. says this, not that I have already obtained all this. Again, this is Paul. He's saying, not that I've already done it all. And let me just tell you about Paul for a second. Paul, if you don't know, was, was a really, really good Christian. He's good at it. He's one of the best back in the day. And he was phenomenal. And he is saying right here, not that I've already made it. Not that I've already done a really good job. He says, not that I've already obtained all this or have already arrived. You know, sometimes we can look at our Christian lives and how we live our life, and we think we are crushing. Like, dude, I'm, I haven't said a cuss word in two hours. But John over here, cussing up a storm. And you feel like a winner. Or you're like, I haven't, whatever, comparing to whoever. The problem with that is, you're comparing to the wrong people. We need to not compare our Christian life and how we're doing to other Christians, but we need to compare that to Christ. And then you really know how you're doing. You're like, well, I'm horrible. I'm the worst Christian ever. Because you're comparing to the guy who we named the whole thing after, Jesus Christ. And he says, not that I've already obtained all this, not that I've already arrived, but I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. And maybe you've heard this verse before, like, okay, we got to press on, blah, 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 blah. I want to show you something else. It says that he presses on to take hold of which Christ has already taken hold of. He is saying, Jesus Christ has the whole world in his hands. He's got the big, okay, he's got everything in his hand, I really don't know that song, so I stopped singing. That was real. Because apparently there's a whole new version and I don't know it. Jesus has everything in his hands. Everything, everything, all of us. He says right here, Jesus has taken hold of me at the very end of verse 12. He says, I press on to take hold of that for which Christ has taken hold of. Saying this. You're like, what? I'm so confused. Me too, I had to read it like 47 times. And then pray and then read it two more times. 
He is saying this. Because of what Jesus has done, because of what Jesus is doing, because of who he is, I want to do everything I can to reach that. I am pressing on. I want to do everything I can to reach what he has already grabbed hold of. This is Paul saying, I have not arrived. I have so much to learn. I have so much to grow. In verse 13, it says, brothers and sisters, I don't consider myself yet to have taken hold of it. He says it again. I haven't even touched it. I'm not even close to it. This is Paul comparing his Christian walk to Christ, not those around him, not those on TV, not great Christian artists, not NBA players who say they're Christians, but to Jesus. I don't consider myself yet to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do, I forget what is behind and I strain toward what is ahead. Verse 14, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. So how are we going to grow in our walk? We're gonna do three things and we see it right here. We're gonna forget, we're gonna strain, and we're gonna press. We're gonna forget, we're gonna strain, and we're gonna press. So how do we forget? Well, for example, we all went to beach retreat or you were at a camp and it was awesome. I mean, it was, you're sitting there first night and you're like, wow, the music is like so good. I mean, it is so powerful what's going on in the room. I mean, things are happening. Brett's shoes are just so cool. He, the band just looks awesome. Like, they may not even sound that great, but they look cool. That Jessica girl got on her knees, like, and you're just like, wow. They play some song. You don't even know the words of it, but all of a sudden you're like, oh, and you're standing, and you're screaming the lyrics. You're slapping the kid next to you. You met some girl over here like, I don't care about you anymore. And you're just in, and, you're, and it's just like the smoke is filling the room, and you're just like, oh, you got chills. You call that Jesus, it's not ch chills. And you're like, ah, oh, the Lord is here. I see him. And you're having just a, a holy moment. And then Dr. Young gets up and he just knocks it out of the park. You're like, I, that was, wow. I was scared to move and I, I didn't move because he would have turned me into dust. And the Lord used him and he had a fish on stage and it was awesome. And you're like, oh, this is the moment. Then all of a sudden, you're, you're standing up with the rest of the world, and you're, you're, you're spinning a blue thing. You're like, I don't even know why I'm doing this, but I'm spinning a blue thing. And then there's smoke coming up. Somewhere you saw smoke. Next thing you know, you, you realize you're, you're seeing a pool of water. Like, where did this come from? Somehow they put a pool in here. I know Michael was swimming in it, but it's cool. Then there's music playing. You somehow got on a bus or in a room. Someone told you about Jesus. You accept him in your heart. You're in a long line of people. You don't, know, you're just, you're just, you don't even know where you're going. You're just, where am I? Where are we going? I don't know. Why, this shirt, I need a bigger shirt. You're complaining about a shirt. You're spinning a thing. Music's playing as, as you come into this room. People are worshiping all around you. 
You see people getting baptized. And then you're like, here I go. I wonder if the water's cold. I hope I don't slip. And you're having all these thoughts. And you hit the water like, okay, it's warm, it's good. Then, for some of you, you you got baptized. And you come out of the water and you're crying. You're slobbering all over yourself. And you do this and you get water all over me and I'm angry at you. And you go up and you sit down and you're freezing. You're like, I love Jesus. And you're, you're doing the whole thing. And, the, and, and, the, and you're just having this moment. You're like, I'm never, I'm, I'm giving everything to God. I'm, I, I'm giving all my trash to him. And you're, and you're just saying, I'm never going to do that again. I'm done. This is it. This is it. And you, and you go and you're like singing, like, come now in power. And you're, you're just crushing it. And your breath's singing. And then you're, you know, singing another song. And you're like, I'm never and you're giving all your junk to God. And you're like, I'm never going to do that again. I'm never going to do that again. And then what happens is you say you're, you give all your trash to him. You give all your stuff. You're completely turning away from him. And then you put it down. And you're like, I'm never doing that again. And then you pick it up. And you take it back with you. You get on the bus and go to your condo or whatever. And you, I'm never doing that again. I love Jesus. It's awesome. The smoke and bread and the shoes. The water was awesome, man. It was incredible. Man. And you get home and you get off the bus. You're like, Mom and Dad, how was it? It was great. It was awesome. It was the best week of my life. I'm like, cool. But nothing changes in your life. Because you seriously didn't let go of everything and leave it at the cross. Even though you wanted to, even though you planned on it, even though it felt like the right moment, you have to forget what is behind. You have to forget all of that stuff that you gave up. I am not saying that you accepted Christ and it didn't matter. I'm not saying that you got baptized and it didn't matter. But what I'm saying is God moved in your life in a mighty way. So many of us. And not even if you didn't, I didn't get baptized, by the way. And God moved in my life. Huge. But then we get back home, we're like, what happened? It's because we keep taking this with us every single time. We go to church on Sunday and we're in chains on Monday. We go to church on Wednesday and we're in chains on Thursday. We go and we're doing this, but then all of a sudden we're walking out with the trash. He is saying right here that we need to forget what is behind. Forget what is behind. That word forget does not mean that you literally forget it. You can't. You're a human. You can't forget. You can't forget all the things that you've, quote, done. You can't forget all the stuff that has happened in your life. You can't forget the pain. You can't forget the people you've hurt and the things that you've done and all. You can't forget it. But what the word forget actually means is to leave it behind. Just leave it behind. A deliberate neglect. Students, adults, you want to grow on your walk? Then deliberately leave your junk behind. Tonight, leave it here. Don't pick it up and walk out with it. 
Don't pick it up. Leave it. You're going to remember it. And the next thing that Paul tells us, if we really want to grow in our walk after these key huge moments in our life, the first thing is to forget. The second thing is to strain. He says, and strain toward what is ahead. Push forward with everything that you have. Colin, let me see that bag. I've had Colin hold this bag for me for the last few hours. Thanks, bud. Because he's, my goodness, he's really strong and scary. He says, I strain toward what is ahead. And some of us get tired of being a Christian. Can we say that in church? Yes, because that's real. Because it's hard work. Because you push and you push and you push. But then it's like, what's the point? I keep getting knocked down. But when you forget what is behind, a deliberate neglect of your past, you then start to strain toward what is ahead. Meaning this, that word strain means this. Let's just pretend, or let's not pretend. Let's say there's a lot of money in this bag. A lot. Like, I don't know. What's a, like 50 bucks is a lot to me. So to you like, I, are you serious? I can't even, okay, $4,000 is in this bag. For real. Okay, I'm lying, it's not. But I don't know what's in here. It's like, there a human in here? This is so heavy. Like, what are you carrying? I so bad want to look in here, but it's probably like a rocket launcher or something. So let's just say there's $4,000 in this bag. And what if I said, the first one to run up here and grab this bag, you can have it. If I did, look, we got someone, don't come up here, I'll kick you. Don't come up here. It's a joke, all right, bro? But that's what I'm talking about. He didn't care that there is however many people in here. He's willing to come up here and take this missile launcher or whatever's in this bag. He didn't care. It didn't matter. But what would happen is, what would, truly, what would, if I said, go, like some father in the back who's here, just loves the Lord, would never hurt anybody. Or let's just say Taylor Strickland right here. Taylor Strickland is a monster, okay? He is, he's, he's a monster. He's a sweetheart. Stand up here, Taylor. Stand up here. Quickly. Hurry up. My voice squeaked. Get up here. Stand right there. Look at Taylor. He's a good-looking man. Why? Because he kind of looks like me, all right? So he just has hair, and I don't... I got manes when I grow a beard. And so Taylor is a monster. Now sit down, all right? You're scary, all right? If I said three, two, one, go, four grand in this bag, this fool right here, this, this A&M Texas Aggie, like, <laughs> core, like just tuba playing fool would come up here and he would, he'd punch Ryan in the face because everybody wants to do that. There's some sweet, these sweet, sweet seventh graders right here. He's, he's a nice man. I mean, he, he, he's sweet to women. He's so nice and tender and talks sweet. And I don't understand it. But this fool would knock you out. He would come up here and kick you in the head. He would step over all of your backs, knock me down, and grab the bag and go, Rah! while Papa in the back is running with everything he got, knocking his own children over, doing whatever it takes. I'm out of breath because this bag is heavy. Would do whatever it takes to get that bag. 
That's that word strain. You are willing to do whatever it takes to get to Christ. It doesn't matter who's in your way. It doesn't matter what's going on. It doesn't matter what your friends are doing. It doesn't matter what your parents are saying. It doesn't matter. He is saying you need to forget and then you need to strain with everything you have to get and to be like Christ. Christ has way more than $4,000 in store for us. But sometimes, most of the time, we forget that. And the last thing he says is to press on. That word press on means this, and a lot of you are taking notes, and that is so awesome. A lot of people would say, well, pressing on means you need to be passionate. That's like a key word in the Christian world. It's funny because people talk about passion, but they have no idea what they're talking about. you got to be passionate. What the heck does that mean? You know. Passionate. <laughs> cool. Passion is great. The problem is, Christians, is that we have passion for a little bit. Look back at Beach Retreat. Look back at the experiences you've had with Christ. Is you've had passion, but it's gone away. This word pressing on is a sustained passion, meaning it doesn't stop. It doesn't go away. It's pressing on with everything you have. It's starting something and you know you're going to finish it. Your Christian walk with the Lord is all about finishing it. And man, we all want to grow on our walk. And I'm talking to myself here. It is hard. We have these awesome moments with the Lord. And I just explained it. Honestly, that was real for a lot of us in the room. And then we get home, we're like, what happened? Well, we didn't forget. We stopped straining. And we're not pressing on. Or maybe we get to the pressing on part. But we start to hear some voices. So this morning, I, I, I know. I, I know I don't look like I work out. But I actually do a whole lot but I eat a lot too, so it just doesn't go together. But it's both fun, kind of, not at all. And I feel pressure to work out. Like, people are like, so you didn't work out today? I'm like, no, I, I honestly don't even do it for myself. I do it because peer pressure, but whatever. But I actually do work out, and I actually enjoy running. Like, it's weird. You're like, really? I know. It's a whole deal. I don't enjoy running. That's a lie. I don't enjoy running at all. I had to, I like, don't lie to these people. And so today we did a workout and there was running in it. Like a four, there was three running 400 meters and it was horrible. Why is it horrible? Because I don't know, but me, when I run, like my brain starts saying, hey fatty, your legs are gonna break off. Your heart is about to explode if you keep going. Like, like I'll have these moments like, I'm, I'm gonna, like, like my mind is saying, you're gonna have a heart attack if you take another step. And then no one's gonna see you because you're all by yourself. And who's going to pick you up? Like all these, that's real. Like, hey, your left knee is broken. That means your spleen is torn. I don't even know where my spleen is, but I have these thoughts like, I have a family. I just need to stop. What about my kids? And I, I'm not kidding. These are real thoughts that are going in my head. Like, why do you even work out? Remember you had Sonic last night? And it's just like, stop. You know you're going to have it again today. <laughs> 
those voices that we have while I'm trying to press on just to run 400 meters, just to get back to the gym door and lay. Keep playing. This is good, Anthony. This is good. I like it. But we have those moments, man, where we're just like, if I take another step, if I do anything else, I'm not going to make it. And the same thing in our walk with the Lord, our same thing happens. Hey, you're not good enough. You messed up. You went too far with this person. You did this. I can't believe that you would think that you could even walk in the doors of church because of this. Oh, well, this. And you have all these thoughts, and you're like, I'm just trying to press on. And what happens sometimes is that we have these awesome moments with God. And man, maybe we put the trash can down, and maybe we're straining with everything we have. But then we get to the point where these voices are hitting us, and we start to walk around, and we're like, yes, you're, you're, you're walking, you're walking, you're walking, you're doing the thing with the Lord. Then all of a sudden, these voices are like, you're a failure, you're no good, you didn't mean it at Peachtree, you didn't mean it at camp you didn't do this all these voices and what do you do instead of walking toward Christ you say forget it and you give in to the voices and we turn around and then a few months later you look at yourself you're like what happened I know that when I sang those songs it meant something I know that when I was raising my hands with everything I had, that was a moment. I know that when I accepted Christ and I got baptized, that was real. And those voices like, no, it wasn't. No, it wasn't. Y'all, you're normal. Those thoughts are normal. And if somebody tells you that that is not right or that you shouldn't have those thoughts, I would say they're crazy because you're a human being and you are having a relationship with Jesus Christ. And that is awesome, but it's really hard. And you want to grow in your walk. You forget. You deliberately leave it behind. That's that word. You strain with everything you have and you press on. And when you're pressing on and those voices come into your head, I'm going to tell you something. There's a good friend of mine, Ryan. We were just talking about this. You want to deal with those voices in your head? The best way to do it, number one, is to start to pray like I do when I'm running. Lord, I don't want to die today. I'm ready, but you just start to worship. I'm telling you right now, I went through something pretty hard last week, still kind of dealing with it. And God's got it, and it's awesome. It's gonna be taken care of. But you know what I did when I started hearing these voices and things started coming in my mind, all this stuff? You know what I did? I started to worship through song. I put the headphones in, and I'm not listening to any other junk that's out there. I'm just listening to worship music. I'm telling you right now, that is how you overcome those voices. You start praying. Pray out loud. Pray out. When you leave tonight, be like, that, some voice can come. That Michael Head guy is a moron. That person's probably right, whatever that voice is. 
but man, you, you don't listen to him. He doesn't know what he's talking about. He's a hypocrite, blah, 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 all these things. And Brett, all, you know what you can say? In the name of Jesus, stop. And while you're eating canes, be like, what? Sorry, I had a voice. I had a thought. Students, adults, people, let's work so hard to continue our growth with the Lord. Let me tell you something. You're going to have mountains. You're going to have valleys. That's normal. But man, let's learn how to come out of those valleys and let's stay up as much as we can. So three things and I'll stop talking. Forget, strain, and press. 